Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> that and more is the president's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for being with us this morning. I want to get to the situation in Washington shortly, but first, the overall picture. We see cases rising in 21 states, hospitalizations rising in, in 11 states. What is your level of concern right now? Well, obviously, there is concern that we are seeing an uptick in cases, as I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, John, that this is not unexpected, that you're going to see an uptick when you pull back on the mitigation methods. If you look at the CDC calculation with their new metrics, it's clear that most of the country, even though we're seeing an uptick, is still in that green zone, which means that masking is not recommended in the sense of not required on indoor settings but as people pull back when you have a highly transmissible virus like the BA2 and you have pulling back on mitigation methods at the same time there's waning immunity we're going to see an uptick so the numbers you gave are not surprising what we're hoping happens and I believe it, it, it will is that you won't see a concomitant comparable increase in severity in the sense of people requiring hospitalizations and deaths but the idea that we're going to see an uptick, I think people need to appreciate that that's the case and follow the CDC guidelines. Because remember, when the metrics were put forth, the new metrics, looking at the guidance of masking, it was said that if we do start seeing an uptick, particularly of hospitalizations, we may need to revert back to being more careful and having more utilizations of masks indoor. But right now, we're watching it very, very carefully. And there is concern that it's going up, but hopefully we're not going to see increased severity. Regarding those mitigation efforts, I want to get your reaction to something that was written, an op-ed in the, in the Washington Post by Dr. Uh, Leanna Wen, a former public health official. She writes, quote, at this point in the pandemic, we have to accept that infections will keep occurring. During the winter Omicron surge, almost half of Americans contracted the coronavirus. The new Omicron subvariant BA2 is even more contagious. The price to pay to avoid coronavirus infection is extremely high. Some Americans might choose to continue to pay that price, but I suspect most won't. And at this point, are we at the, the point where we have to accept there is going to be risk, there are going to be continued infections, um, and uh, the, the cases, thanks to the prevalence of the vaccine, won't be as serious. We can kind of get back to normal lives knowing that there's a risk out there. You know, John, I think she articulated, Dr. Wen articulated that pretty well. There will be, and we've said this many times, even in our own discussions between you and I, that there will be a level of infection. This is not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. Mm. And what's going to happen is that we're going to see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take in going to indoor dinners and going to functions, even within the realm of a green zone uh, a, 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 a map of the country. 
Isn't it always that way? Give it a little bit of time and we're always proven to be correct. Throughout this entire pandemic, myself, I've said it to you probably a thousand times now. I'm sure you're even sick of hearing it. I've said it. uh, Multiple people have said it. Believe me, I'm not the only one. I'm not the inventor of this. But we all knew that once this virus was unleashed on the world, that it was not going to go anywhere. And you're going to get to a point where you just have to accept that it is now part of life and move on with your life. It is very satisfying and a little bit annoying that people from the left, especially the fraud she himself, are now finally coming out and saying what we knew to be true the entire time. I also like how you can see the transition they're starting to make as we're creeping up on November how they're saying, more or less, it's your choice. It's your responsibility for yourself to do what's best for you. You know how a free society is supposed to run? Um, Listening to them say that when before they were ready to drop the uh, dictatorial hammer on you and tell you how you needed to run your life, now they're letting back on the reins and they're giving you the okay that it's okay for you to use your own mind and think for yourself to do what's best for you, yourself, and your family. These people really are sick people. I mean, when it comes down to it, if this doesn't prove to you it was all about power, I mean, I'm glad people are waking up and people on both sides of the aisle are seeing this for what it truly is and they're done with it. So they've lost their power and I don't think they're going to regain any of it. I know that they're going to try to bring stuff back and maybe that'll work in some of the blue states, but I think for the most part, people are at a point of, we're done with this. You had two years of our lives that we could never get back. You've lied to us. It's all been misinformation and disinformation the entire time, and we don't care about COVID. And that's where we're at. So I think that's why they're trying to walk it back, especially prior to the elections, because they don't want you to start panicking, thinking that something bad's going to happen before that. Now the Democratic Party wants to play like they're the saviors and they're the good guys and you're their buddies and we never meant to do it. We were just looking out for your best interests. And that's the route that they're going on. It's good that they're finally getting a chance to have some of that humble pie because all of America now knows you guys are full of crap. Even with that being said, with them telling you that, uh, you know, you can have your freedom back, Twitter decided to suspend Juanita Broderick's account of her comment or a tweet that she made pertaining to COVID. If you don't know who Juanita Broderick is, I'd be kind of surprised. But if you don't know, she is one of the victims of Bill Clinton that says he raped her. Uh, Her tweet read... When will this uh, vaccine crap be over? Big Pharma has profited enough for the next hundred years. Stop pushing vaccines that do not work and alter DNA. Well, naturally, Twitter right away put in there that she had a false statement and they suspended her account for COVID misinformation. (laughs) The Twitter gods. Uh, Elon Musk is the you know majority shareholder at the moment, and I reported to you last week that from all media outlets was coming out saying they were going to offer him a uh, position on the board of the directors. It looked like he was going to take it. He has opted out. I think one of the main reasons he opted out is that as a, uh, a being on the board, you are only allowed, you're capped at 15% uh, stake in the company. So he couldn't own more than 15%. 
For him to truly have a controlling interest in the company where he can make whatever changes and decisions he would like to make, he'd have to be at 51%. So that would prevent him from purchasing anymore. Right now, it's only disclosed that he owns 9.2%. It could be more. We don't know because it's just what's been disclosed, but we can only go by what we see. I'm happy to see that he turned down the seat. I'm wondering if this was all his plan from the beginning. This is a smart man. He's not a stupid guy, obviously. So it was his plan to try to force Twitter to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, free speech is free by owning, you know, the majority of shares there or other, being the majority holder of shares there and kind of leaning on them to allow free speech because you have seen some changes that Twitter is now going to begin to make, some upgrades that they're going to make. Even the edit button is coming into play. Um, was that in play before uh, Elon Musk purchasing it or was it not? If it was, was it one of the things that was just kind of there, but they weren't going to do much with it? And then once Elon did what he did, then they decided, well, we're going to have to do this because it looks like that's what he wants. Who knows? At the end of the day, he is a smart man. What he's doing makes sense. If Elon Musk actually purchased Twitter, remember I told you that it would only cost him a very small percentage of his entire net worth to buy Twitter out. Right, period. He wouldn't have to develop his new app. He could just buy it, take it over, tell him how he wants it run, and it would be run that way. Do you realize the amount of money that this man would make? As smart as he is, you don't think he realizes that? He gets on Twitter, and let's say he takes over the app. And in taking over the app, he gets rid of those pesky algorithms that only seem to attack one side and he lets free speech be free once again. He also allows conservative-minded or neutral companies uh, to put their advertisements into the website, and you will bring back all, I mean, think about it, all conservatives would come back to the platform because it's a fully functioning platform, not to mention many, many conservatives have built up a huge following on Twitter that they, the reason they're still staying and playing is that they don't want to start over somewhere else and have to you know, start from zero and build everybody back up. I'm sure they would have a percentage that would roll over with them, but you got to get back in the trenches and you got to build yourself back up once again. And I don't think a lot of people want to do that after they've created such a strong base on one site. So if he did buy it, and if he did get to at least 51% and decided to make, and this is all my opinion, but decided to make some changes to make it a more free speech website or uh, social media app, he would be, he's worth what, $200 billion now? <laughs> It'd be a whole lot more. That man would just keep making money. I'll tell you what would be a little added tidbit to that would be to let Trump be back on. Because if they put Trump back on there, it's good for both sides. And he, again, he's not stupid. He's going to understand that. The trolls will come out to play because they, they have nobody to attack. Who are they attacking anymore these days? Twitter, all of a sudden, the volatility on Twitter has really dropped by a certain percentage because Trump was their main guy to go to. So if you put him back on, the trolls are back out. And then also, if you put him back on, all your conservatives and American-loving people are going to ramp up as well. So you're going to really get a lot more action in Twitter. Would be kind of foolish for him not to do it, um, but it's his choice. It's his money. It's certainly not my money. So we shall see. However, 
Twitter is up to its old tricks. Like I said, Juanita Broadwick, God forbid she said something about COVID, which I don't even see how that's offensive. And, inf- you know, information as far as misinformation or dif- disinformation goes, that's subjective too because that is going to be who decides what information is misinformation or disinformation. And if it's somebody that is pro the narrative, then anything negative you say about COVID, they would say is dis or misinformation. So Twitter is being Twitter. Liz Cheney, pertaining to the January 6th committee, will she refer Donald Trump for criminal charges or not? She was on uh, State of the Union with Jake the Snake Tapper. And uh, Jake Tapper asked Cheney about the Times report and to confirm whether the committee had enough evidence to make a criminal referral of former President Donald Trump. When he asked her, her response was, we have not made a decision about referrals on the committee. It's absolutely clear what the president was doing, what the number of people around him were doing, and that they knew it was unlawful, but they did it anyways, she alleges. She went on to say, I think that what we've seen is a massive and well-organized and well-planned effort to use multiple tools to try to overturn an election. Tapper pressed her after that, said, just to be clear, you have seen the evidence and you believe that President Trump committed these two crimes. She said, what I have just quoted to you is a public document. So she deflected on the question and didn't want to answer his direct question. The objective was to absolutely try to stop uh, the count of electoral votes, to try to interfere with what the official proceedings, and she said it's absolutely clear that they knew what they were doing was wrong, and they knew that it was unlawful, but they did it anyways. She also said that there was not really a dispute on the committee about whether to make a criminal referral for former President Trump or not. In the end, she said that she is confident that we will we will work to come to agreement on all of these issues that we are facing, she stressed. So she really didn't answer the question. What criminal investigation, besides wasting more of taxpayers' dollars on a fake investigation that's going to produce nothing, um, could you do? You can't do any more than that. The only reason they're going after President Trump is to see if they can possibly somehow fandangle enough support or any type of fabricated evidence that would prevent him from running for 2024. Are they going to get it? I don't think so. Have you noticed that it's been getting more and more quiet about the committee? And that's probably because they don't have anything. They put the show on for everybody, acting like they're doing something important. It's all fizzled out. It's all failed. Everybody knows that it's bull. Nobody cares. Everybody is more concerned right now with gas prices, inflation, the war overseas, and a number of other things, the border, and everything else in the United States. We're more focused on that than they're worried about whether or not Donald Trump was involved in the January 6th acts. Now, you see, she's not calling him out directly. She said there's a lot of people there that knew that they were doing something wrong. She used careful words like it was well-organized and well-planned. So they're going to use that as probably a tool to say that they did this so well and it was so thought out and planned that we can't link anything directly to them because it's all too vague and generalized. That's just a game that they play. Nobody cares anymore about this. Just like, do you think anybody trusts Liz Cheney? I mean, the left is probably starting to really love her. She's probably starting to be a rock star for them. But anybody that's a conservative or, you know, centered, centered uh, independent or whatnot, when you look at her, you just know she's full of crap. 
And it's a waste of time to listen to anything that she has to say. She hates Donald Trump. She's been very open about that. So she's going to do anything that she can to try to hurt this man. And that's where that lies. So the January 6th thing, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't see anything happening there. I think we're at a point here where they're not going to be able to stop this man if he chooses to run. Because it's not official yet. He's not coming out with an a, with a official statement that he is running. Um, and I'm assuming that will come sometime after November if he's going to run. I do, I do, or I did, excuse me, read an article where he more or less said that as long as he's in good health, you know, that he would potentially make a run for the presidency, but it's all depending on that. And And I agree with that. You know, I mean, think about it. We're talking about a couple years from now, you don't know how your health's going to be. Nobody could tell what your health's going to be day to day. So I, I, you know, you want him to go in there strong because he knows what it's going to take to go back into that White House. He already knows the games that are going to be played, and he knows the fierce opposition that's about to start all over again uh, against him. Because when he goes in there, the first and the first and foremost, he's going to probably reverse everything that Joe Biden has done if he goes into the White House and try to start cleaning America back up, and that is going to prove without a shadow of a doubt, to Americans. And they know this. You think that I'm not the smartest guy in the world. If I know it, believe me, they know it. When you have inflation as bad as it is, gas prices, oil industry, when all of this is just a mess, the world is a mess, the borders are a mess, under a Democratic president, and then it gets to President Trump, and nothing has changed. And then Trump gets in the White House, and within the course of a year, everything really starts to level off and smooth out and start working backwards. People are not as dumb as they think they are. They're going to see the transition and they're going to say to themselves, you know what, these Democrats are crazy. We can't vote them in anymore. And they know that they're going to continue to lose power. My hope, my faith, first and foremost, is in God. But I think God will allow people to see with their own eyes what is actually happening. I don't think people are as dumb as the Democratic Party seems to think they are. Joe Biden, very interesting article. I was going through The Federalist, and uh, I came upon this article, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this at all. I know that some people have mentioned that, you know, Joe Biden getting richer. I've even mentioned it. How do you go from being only worth or two or three million, and all of a sudden you're worth 17 million? Obviously, you're enriching yourself somehow. Um, but Joe, there was an interesting article in The Federalist. Um, Joe Biden's released taxes don't explain the millions in income, so where did it come from? The source of Biden's large income after he left his post as vice president have never has never been, excuse me, detailed in his tax returns. And it's a long it's a lengthy article, six pages long. It's not a whole lot to read. There's they show you some uh, images of his tax returns on there. But more or less, there if you go through the entire article, there is about $10 million or so that are about, I mean, are unaccounted for. Um, uh, just to throw one out there, I'll just read one article for you, or one paragraph, excuse me, for you on this. Um, in the weeks prior to the presidential election, I wrote a piece asking the question, where is Hunter Biden's money? Uh, it was important. It was an important question then. It's even more so now, given the legacy media's recent validation of Hunter's laptop that discuss a slice of the equity planned for the big guy in a deal that involved the entity controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. We should know if any money from it or other foreign sources ended up in Joe Biden's pocket, but we don't. 
Recall that despite the then presidential candidate Biden having bragged that he had released his tax returns with what his team called a historic level of transparency, the truth is that he only released his individual returns. Those returns provided no details regarding the sources of most of his income, dollars that flowed to him and his wife Jill by the way of S-corporations they set up shortly after his departure from the Oval Office of Vice President. Those entities, Celtic Capri Corp., which is his, and Giacopa Corp., which is hers, contained more than $13 million of the $17 million the couple had reported in income after Biden left office. Most of it in the last, or excuse me, most of it in the first year of 2017. When you start going through the numbers here, and this is a great article I want to give you. It's written by Bob Anderson. Great article. He asks a lot of very important questions. There is a lot of money and a lot of gaps missing. And if Mr. Biden wanted to be so transparent, then yes, why didn't he release the correct forms that would give you insight to all these companies? A lot of the um, mainstream media outlets, knowing this was going to be a problem for the presidential election in 2020, dismissed it by saying that, Both him and Jill do a lot of speaking engagements, and they also both had book deals. You know, I don't see how you're getting that big of a payout for a book deal, considering that Joe Biden wrote a book, and in the article it uh, states that he only sold 49,000 copies of it, but yet they want to claim that he got millions and millions of dollars to write this other book, and his wife was the same. She had a book that only uh, reigned in about $180,000 in a year, but yet she had a three or $4 million book deal. It doesn't make sense. These are important questions to ask. The mainstream media has covered it up, trying to... Uh, ignore the problem, but it's coming to a point. And if you read the entire article, which I encourage you to do, it's in the Federalist. I will put it up on my website, littlejoecc.com. It'll take you directly to that. If you just go to the news section, I'll make sure that's up there. Where they are no longer going to be able to ignore this because of Hunter's laptop. And once everything comes out Pertaining to Hunter's laptop, I'm sure a lot of these financial transactions are going to find their way back to the quote-unquote big guy. And it's going to show you how compromised he truly is, that he's deep in everybody's pocket. Ironically, he's deep in everybody's pocket that's in war right now or flirting with the idea of war to show you what type of dirtbag he truly is. Uh, As far as the war goes in Ukraine, just a real quick side note. Don't you just love that the cost of cereal is up by 12%? And I know that people are going, you know, that's such a random thing. And why would you pull cereal out? Well, I told you in a prior episode that they considered the Ukraine and Russia the breadbasket of their region for wheat. Well, now the whole entire world... Because that's what all the news is saying now. We're going to look at a, a worldwide food shortage because you're not getting the grains out of there that you should be getting out of there because they are currently at war. Cereal has been inflated by 12%. I chose cereal in particular because I have four children and I can tell you that I definitely buy cereal. And I had a little bit of a sticker price shock when I saw the cereal this week. Like, are you kidding me? It's like 50 cents higher than it was last week. What in the world is going on here? But all the true shortages that are actually pertaining to the war, we are starting to feel the impact of them now. Not oil and gas, not inflation, 
look back just a little bit. You only got to go back about a year or so, uh, maybe a little bit over a year. Go back to when Trump left the White House and you can watch inflation rise month after month. Matter of fact, I'll be talking about inflation tomorrow because the new report just came out and we can go over that. However, all of that is attributed directly to Biden's policies. It has nothing to do with Russia and Ukraine. The cereal and anything that it, they need the grain to produce in the United States is now going to go up once again. So again, your groceries are going to get more expensive every week going forward. Since inflation's going up and we're having issues over there and that's going up, your dollar is getting squeezed tighter and tighter. So keep that in mind and always remember, even though Joe Biden tells you that he's not taxing you, inflation is its own tax. So just know that you've been inflated or you've been taxed at least as of last month, just about 8%. Okay, now it's gone up even more. And uh, like I said, we'll go over those numbers tomorrow, but Joe Biden is taxing you because inflation is a tax one way or the other. Your gas prices are double what they used to be, and we're all feeling the pain. So elections have consequences. So keeping that in mind, November is right around the corner. Let's be honest. You know how fast time goes. It is right around the corner. We're only six months out, and it's going to come fast. Keep that in mind when you're going into that voting booth this time. And make sure that the person that you are voting for has America's best interests at heart. Because if you vote for more people who are radicals or more people like Sleepy Creepy or just because you don't like the way somebody tweets, but yet their policies are on point with Americans, America's values and it's our country first, so we're taken care of, make sure you're voting accordingly. All right, if you like what you're hearing, please rate or review me, especially on Apple. It does help. Um, if you'd like to follow me, I'm at Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Gab or Parlor, I am at The Real Little Joe. Cloud Hub, I'm at Little Joe CC. I got to shut some of these down. It's just too much. Uh, Facebook, I'm at Little Joe's Conservative Corner. And if you'd like to check out any videos I do, you go to Rumble, uh, Little Joe's Conservative Corner, or YouTube, Little Joe CC. And if you'd like to reach out to me, littlejoecc.com, go to the contact section, leave me a message, and I will respond. I will see you tomorrow.